Good morning. No, good evening. Oh, I screwed it up. The most difficult job a pastor has. Good evening, Neighborhood Church. How's everybody doing? What's that? I'm not loud enough? I need to yell more? No. Well, guys, as mentioned, my name is Louis Helbgox. I am the husband of Jenny and uh, the in-house counselor here at the Neighborhood Church, and it is my privilege uh, to be here with you guys tonight. I presently work for the Saskatchewan District and the Manitoba Northwest Ontario District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. I sit on the uh, general executive for our denomination, and uh, I have the privilege of uh, being a part of the church here. We're uh, in the process of moving. Uh, we are friends with our pastors here, Pastor John and Donna Drisner, and I just want to uh, applaud the church here for having a sabbatical policy and allowing Pastor John and Donna uh, to do that. Uh, before we entered this season of ministry, uh, we pastored onechurch.ca for 17 and a half years, and about nine years into that ministry, uh, we had the privilege of taking a three-month sabbatical, and after we came back, rejuvenated, refreshed, and we had another eight and a half years of very fruitful ministry before God called us into this next season. So I uh, applaud our church for uh, being wise in these things. Uh, and so I am blessed to be here tonight. Let's uh, kick things off with a word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, today as we look to your word, I pray it is not simply words written on a page, but it becomes truths that are embedded in the very being and DNA of who we are. Help us to become the walking, talking, breathing word of God. Help us to realize we are the tangible hands and feet, the very real presence of Jesus to the world. And Lord, remind us that we are the temple of the Spirit on earth, both corporately as we gather and individually as we go out into the different areas of life. Where we go, the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit goes in a unique way. May these truths be very real to us, I pray. Amen? Well, we are in a series called Reno Time, and it is based off of Matthew chapter 24, verses 20, chapter 7, verses 24 to 7. And Jesus is speaking, and he says these words. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes, and torrent, comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But if anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds, on a, house of builds a house on sand, then the rain and floods come and the wind beats against the house and it will collapse with a mighty crash. Rental time. Building our foundations for living. Building foundations based on the solid rock, based on bedrock, based on the teachings of Jesus and Scripture. Teachings that are unmovable and wise. So when difficult times come, when storms come in life, and guess what? Storms will come in life. They will come, but when they come, our house, our life will not collapse. Versus building our lives on a foundation of sand. Teachings that are contrary to Jesus and the scriptures. Because then when storms come, as they do, our lives will be like that person. And we will hear a mighty crash as our lives collapse. Uh, pastoring for 20 years, I can't tell you the number of times I've been sitting and visiting with somebody and they would say to me, Pastor, Louie, I, I, just, I just never imagined I would be here. 
I just, I just can't fathom how I ended up, or I never thought that this sin would, would eventually lead me and it would take me down this path, and, and I, I can't imagine that I'm here at this moment. I'm this many years old, and I'm in this place, and I just, I just never imagined it. And as I'm talking with them, as we're having this conversation, you can just hear the sounds of a life collapsing around them, a life built on the foundation of sand. So today, uh, I have the uh, topic of comparison. So we're talking about reno time, building our lives on solid rock. We're going to talk about comparison. Now, who likes to compare? Come on, right? Like, who, who knows somebody who has a job that they would like? Yeah, right? See? Usually this starts out like this. Wow, I, you know, I think the pastor only works one day a week. That's a pretty good gig. Sign me up, right? And then I'll ask, like, uh, who knows somebody who maybe don't want their job, but you'd like to change maybe salaries with them? I don't really want to do what they do, but man, I'd like to get paid what they paid. And all of a sudden, I ask that to the church crowd, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to get paid what the pastor gets paid. So how about houses? I almost guarantee every person here, in person and online, knows a house. Man, especially if that guy kept paying the bills, oh, I would trade them houses like, boom. Right? Comparison. Me, personally, I, I, I'm just wanting to, uh, to trade hair with Pastor Jordan. <laughs> I, just, I just want some. It's so unfair. Reno time, comparison. And then we're going to be talking about jealousy and envy. Now, most of us would like to maybe trade position or possession with people, but that doesn't, that doesn't by itself mean that we're going to fall into the very dangerous sins of envy and jealousy. But if we spend too much time focusing on what others have, and we start to forget about the blessings that God has given us, and we begin to be ungrateful, we can quickly get sucked into these very deadly sins. In the uh, book of Proverbs, verse, chapter 14, verse 30, it says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Another translation says, Envy is like cancer to the bones. It, it, it rots the very structure that allows us to live. In the book of James, in the New Testament, James writes these words. He says, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom, such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Woo! That's serious stuff. All of a sudden, maybe I'm happy that I don't have hair. I don't know. Where, where does that lead us? For today, as we talk about jealousy and envy, we're going to use them interchangeably. Uh, and we're going to use them interchangeably today because in most portions of Scripture, uh, they're used interchangeably. Depending on the translation, sometimes it says envy, sometimes it says uh, jealousy. Uh, the two verses we just read, both in different translations, use the opposite word. But today, whenever you hear envy or jealousy, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring His goodness in our own lives. Okay? So tonight, as we're talking about comparison and we're talking about envy and jealousy, we're talking about resenting God's goodness and his blessing in someone else's life and ignoring his goodness and blessing in my own. Everybody with me? 
Okay. We could simply sum this up as the sin of comparing. The sin of comparing. And if we're honest, in our society, we've been trained for this since we were like this tall, right? What happens, uh, you know, you get back to school after Christmas break, what's the first thing you do? <laughs> what did you get for Christmas? Oh, I got this. Oh, you got that. I only got this. Right? We start comparing. You get a little bit older. Oh, what, 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 what'd you get on the exam and social? Oh my goodness, I only got 94. 94? I just wanted to get 52. My daddy can beat up your daddy. Oh yeah, my mommy can beat up your daddy. We just, we're conditioned to this whole comparison gig since we're this high. We're conditioned to compare. The issue with the sin of comparing is that your life can be going great one moment. And the minute you start resenting God's goodness in somebody else's life and ignoring his goodness in your life, all of a sudden your bones begin to rot. All of a sudden your life seems terrible. All of a sudden you start to lose the enjoyment of life. In Genesis uh, chapter 30 verse 1, we read about the story of, of Rachel and her sister and in verse 1 of chapter 30, it says, when, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became envious of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Give me children or I'll die. Everybody should say that loud. Say, or I'll die. Oh, let's try the better. Give me children or I'll die. Oh my goodness. Now, was she actually going to die? No, no that, that's kind of crazy, but, but what was happening? Envy was spoiling her life. She began resenting God's goodness in her sister's life, and she started ignoring God's goodness in her, in her own life. And all of a sudden, her life was terrible. Oh my goodness, I've got nothing. I'm about to, to die. The sin of comparing. The sin of comparing leads us uh, to complaining and discontentment. Once I start resenting God's goodness in someone else's life and start ignoring God's goodness in my own life, it leads to complaining and discontentment. And the scriptures tell us that that's not where we're supposed to live or land, right? Philippians says, do everything without complaining or arguing. And in Proverbs 15:5, it says, for the despondent, for, for those who are discontent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. When we begin to complain and we, when we are discontent, we actually, we're essentially accusing God of not being good. We essentially start judging God. God, you don't know what you're doing. God, what, what you've done in someone else's life isn't right and fair and you haven't done enough in my life. And, and all of a sudden we start accusing God of not being good and we all of a sudden actually start to judge God. And that's a dangerous place to be because that separates us from God. It actually begins to separate us from other people and we were created to live in relationship and ultimately it rots our bones. It rots our life. There's been uh, studies over the years and it shows that we are living in an age of discontentment. Never in the history of the world have people had so much and yet wanted so much more. We're living in a radical age of discontentment. 
Social media didn't create the problem, but it has magnified the comparison trap. Sociologists are saying that social media is one of the driving causes of discontentment because when we look at others, other people's lives on social media, they look perfect because they're putting their best image, their filtered image forward. Another study, uh, research did a study at two college universities. Uh, they had students spend a half an hour on Facebook and then they surveyed their feelings after half an hour of just looking on Facebook. And what they found is that a full one-third of the students felt significantly depressed, citing envy as the number one emotion of what they felt after consuming 30 hours of only looking at Facebook. That's staggering. Uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick said it this way. He said, we are comparing our behind-the-scenes with other people's highlight reels. We feel like losers because we see their best, the best of their best, and we know the worst of our worst. You see, social media didn't create the issue, but it's magnifying the comparison trap. As a pastor, one of the things that, that struck me quite early on that I was kind of, uh, kind of blew my mind is that I would inevitably start talking with one person over here and I'd have a conversation, uh, maybe with, with Joe or Joe and his wife, Sally. And, and a few days later, I'd, I'd have another conversation over here with, with Bill and, and Bill's wife, Betty. And you know what was the most amazing thing? They were both envious of the other for different reasons. I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me over 20 years of ministry. Oh, I just wish I could host the perfect meal. And, and every time I see their photos, it's like so picturesque. And, and they've got this family around the table. And oh, I wish I was like them. Oh, oh, I, I wish I had the freedom that, that, that Bill, and, Bill and Betty do. I, oh my goodness, I can't. And inevitably, people would actually be envious of each other, looking at the other people, other person's lives. And they started ignoring God's blessing in their own life and resenting God's blessing in someone else's life. Everybody else's life looks so much better. The more we compare our lives, the less satisfied we are. The more discontent we become and the more we complain. Once I start resenting God's goodness in someone else's life and ignoring his goodness in mine, the more miserable my life becomes. The more I become separated from God, separated from people, and the more my life begins to rot. So what's the solution? What's the renovation? What do we need to renovate to change this in our lives so that we're building our lives on the solid rock, on a foundation that will not crumble, that will not just wipe us away when the storms of life come? So the first kind of grand thought for today is simply this. Where you focus in life either increases or decreases your enjoyment of life. Where you focus in life will either increase or, or decrease your enjoyment of life. <laughs> way, uh, way back in college, uh, I used to go running. Now, I did say way back, uh, like 25 years ago. And uh, we used to go running as a group of guys, and we'd sometimes go running downtown Saskatoon. And one time we were, we were out running, and there was a couple guys ahead of me. I said I went running. I never said I was fast, but there was a couple guys, and they were running ahead of us. And all of a sudden, off on the, on the left side of the other side of the street, there was some hubbub going on. There was police, and there was, there was ambulance. And these two guys who were in front of us, they were, they were running. And all of a sudden, the one guy started looking off to the left, 
and he started looking and going where he was. He started drifting about two feet to the left. Now, 25 years ago, downtown Saskatoon, we had these things called parking meters. And so he was running, and all of a sudden, he started drifting, and bang! Woo! We now caught up to the second incident. And we caught up, and my buddy was going, The other guy running with me as we caught up at the scene, he goes, well, I guess that's what you get when you stop paying attention to your own path. That's good advice. Bang! That's what you get when you don't keep your eyes on your path, on the path that God has laid out for you. Where you focus, where you focus will either increase or, or decrease your enjoyment of life. Jesus said it like this in the story of Matthew uh, chapter 20. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed agreed to pay the normal day's wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So then he So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw more people standing around. And he asked them, why why haven't you been working today? They replied, because because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then then go out and and join the owners, others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last worker first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed, they assumed they'd receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they they protested to the owner. Those people only worked one hour. And yet you paid them just as much you paid us who worked all day in this scorching heat. Oh my goodness, this is terribly unfair. At least it seems that way, right? He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay the last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do that with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first then will be last. Rental time. Building your life on a foundation of solid rock, bedrock, on the teachings of Jesus and Scripture, teachings, truths that are unmovable and wise. So when the storm comes, when life becomes difficult, and guess what? It's going to happen. But when it happens, your life won't collapse. Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? When you start, when you start resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring his goodness in your life, your bones begin to rot. Where you focus, where you focus will either increase or decrease the enjoyment of your life. So focus Focus on the path that God has set before you.
Focus on the path that God has set before you. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. May I run the race that God has set before me. May God, may you run the race God has set before you. May I keep my eyes off of my neighbor's race. Oh God, oh Jesus, help me to focus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, not on our neighbor's Facebook page. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Where you focus will either increase or decrease the enjoyment of your life. So focus on the path that God has laid out for you. If you focus on comparing your path with your neighbor's path, you're going to end up in the sins of envy and jealousy. You're going to end up discontent. You're going to end up complaining. It will rot your bones You will start to question God's goodness. You'll start to put yourself in a place of judgment over God himself. So focus on your path. Don't focus on your friend's highlight reels that they put on whatever social media. Focus on the path that God has put before you. Because if you don't, every day of your life will feel like trouble. If you forget the blessings that God has blessed you with every day of your life will feel like trouble. The enjoyment of your life will decrease when you focus on your neighbor's path. Comparison is a thief of joy. It will steal joy from you. It's destructive to take your eyes off of your path. Because if you take your eyes off your path, you will be like my friend who's running along one day and starts drifting to the left and all of a sudden, bam. That's what you get when you take your eyes off your path. Where you focus in life either increases or decreases your enjoyment of life. So focus on the path that God has set before you. A couple of quick tips, a couple of quick practical thoughts for how to do that. First, simply, easily pray. Ask God. God, God, I need to hear from you. God, I need need help for you to show me the path that you've put before me. I need your help. God, God, help me to stop uh, resenting the blessing in other people's lives. And God, God, forgive me for, for ignoring the blessings in my own life. God, I want to be thankful. I want to actually be thankful that you bless others. Scripture actually tells us to bless those that hate and persecute us, right? God, help me to see every blessing that you've given me. Help me to be thankful and grateful for every blessing. Help me to recognize the blessings in my life. There's the old song, right? Uh, Count, I I won't sing because you'll all leave, but count your many blessings, count them Uh, one by one, or name them one by one, and then it says, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's good advice. 
Start thinking about the many, many, many ways that God has already blessed you. And when you start to focus on your path and the blessings that God has already put in your life, you might just go, oh, that's amazing that the God of the universe has already thought about me in this many ways, in these different areas. For some of us, in order to focus on the path that God has set before us, for some of us, we may need to cut back on some of the social media. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's one of those moments where you go where angels fear to tread. For some of us, we maybe need to cut back on some of the social media. If you can't stop comparing your life, your path with your neighbor's path because of their Facebook feed or their Twitter feed or their Instagram page or your you twit Insta face, whatever. If you Insta twit face, is that what it is? Anyways. If you can't stop comparing and you keep falling into the sin of comparing, which leads you to envy and jealousy, and it starts to cause you angst and anxiety and envy, you either need to get off or, or minimize some of the social media. Maybe you just need to try doing a social media fast. Pick, pick a week and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay off for, for a week and see if it doesn't cause less anxiety or, or envy in your own life. And the last thought for today is simply this. I would encourage you to be intentional about gratitude. Be grateful. Gratitude smothers discontentment and complaining. When I am grateful, when, I, when I'm intentional and realize how blessed I am and I'm grateful, I, I am not discontent with life. I am not complaining about what I don't have. It absolutely smothers those things. Just be intentional. God, thank you. God, thank you for what I do have. God, I know that you have and want the best for me. God, I know you are good. And yeah, there's bumps in the road. But God, I trust your character. And when we're grateful, we're actually telling Jesus that he is our Lord. And we're telling God the Father that he is the king of our lives. He's in control. God, I trust that you who are in control does know best for me. Thank you despite the difficulties, thank you, despite the bumps in the road, thank you. Be intentional about gratitude. Focus on the path that God has set before you. Doesn't matter what path you're on, as we go through life, there are going to be bumps, there's going to be hills, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be storms and rains and floods that come, but when you build your life on solid rock, on bedrock, on the teachings of Jesus and Scripture, even those mighty, mighty, mighty storms do not cause your foundation, your house, your life to collapse. Life isn't always easy. But if you focus on the path that God has laid out for you, it's better. Where you focus will either increase or decrease your enjoyment of life. So focus on the path that God has set before you. The enjoyment of your life will increase when you focus on the path that God has set before you. Not always easy, but my goodness, the blessings you will incur, the joy even in the midst of difficulty that you will experience is truly beyond explanation. Let's bow together in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray tonight, that you would help us 
Help us to, to overcome the comparison game. Lord, help us to get over sin, the sin of jealousy and envy, the sin of comparison. Help us to, to stay away from discontentment and complaint that actually judges God, that says, God, you don't know what you're doing. You're not good. God, help us to, to avoid those things by running with the endurance, the race that you have set before us. Father, today I just pray that each person here would just take a moment and call out to you right now, whether in person or online, that they would just say, God, God, help me to recognize the areas of my life that I've resented your goodness in other people's lives. God, forgive me of that. Help me to learn to be thankful and to be an absolute blessing and to bless those who in the past I've resented. And God, I just ask that you'd forgive me. You'd forgive me for ignoring the many blessings that you've already put in my life. And from this day forward, God, I pray. I pray that I would keep my eyes on the path that you've laid before me. Help me not to veer to the left or to the right. Help me not run smack dab into obstacles. Help me to build my life on a foundation that is in line with your teaching. Help me to keep my eyes on the path you've put before me and help me to be a person who is grateful, grateful for all the blessings you've given us. Help us to renovate our lives in all aspects so that we are founded on solid rock, on the teachings of Jesus and the word of God. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen?